Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. Every husband has what his wife needs, and every wife has what her husband needs, but we can only get it if we serve each other. The depth of your honesty with each other will ultimately determine the depth of your intimacy. Any problem that you're facing is really not a his and her problem, it's our problem. It doesn't matter what it is. Good morning. How's everybody? Can I tell you, I'm glad you're here. I hope you're glad you're here. And I do believe that when you leave here in a little bit, you would glad you came. Not glad that you're leaving, but glad, glad that you came. Hey, why don't we all stand together? We're going to pray. How many of you know that prayer works? How many of you hope prayer works? All right, it's all of us. Let's lift lift our hands to the Lord this morning. Father, thank you uh, so much for the privilege we have to freely come. And to gather together today, and I believe that you're involved in that, God, ordering our steps and bringing us here. Thank you for getting us through this past week, whatever that looked like for anybody here. God, we just declare today that you are faithful and you're good. And I believe with all my heart, God, that as we join today, that you have something holy and lasting and difference-making that you want to impart and that you want to say and that you want to do in and for every one of us today. God, I take a moment while we're on this subject and we just pray for our our families, our marriages, our children, our spouses. God, we're, we're asking you to show yourself strong. This is a target of the enemy. It's an area that our focus in our culture has been diverted from to so many other things that really don't matter. And God, you want to do something incredible through the home and so as we assemble together today speak challenge encourage impart into what into us what we need and and we just even right now we just speak peace peace to every marriage and every family and every individual and every household and we just thank you what you're going to do during this time and i pray that when everything is said and done today that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, that you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them would be helped today. That is our prayer. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Hey, help me welcome our online and our East campuses. Come on, good welcome today. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we are in week four of an eight-week series called What Happy Families Know. It is rare that we go eight weeks on a series. Uh, This is what we believe about a series, that a series is a season. Everybody say a season. 
I believe that it is a season where God is wanting to say something to us as a, as a church family. And uh, I believe this is what we're focused on. So um, we'll want to zero in on this big word right here, happy. Come on, everybody say happy. And, and not just the I'm, I'm happy, I'm not happy, not the little word, but kind of the big inclusive word that would mean blessed and happy and stable and fruitful and blessed and, and so forth. That, you know, that would be God's ideal and God's goal, and there is a path there. And so whatever is going on at home, uh, we believe that God can speak into that and God can help us all. Amen? Uh, last week, Alicia and I were gone. We had the privilege to minister out in the San Antonio area, a marriage and family conference, and then preach at a church. Uh, some longtime friends had a wonderful weekend. I do want to thank Pastor Jordan Vale, who uh, spoke last week. For You guys did a wonderful job here. And got to brag on Jordan just a little bit. As of Wednesday about noontime, he had uh, d- successfully defended his dissertation and completed all of his work so that he is uh, officially Dr. Jordan Vale. And we're, we're very, very proud of Jordan. So, amen. So, uh, family, and uh, whatever that looks like for you currently, or, you know, you're thinking of this, this series is to help you. This series is also to help you to help others. Please bear that in mind. We don't live in isolation. It's not just, can I get what I can get? It is definitely to help all of us, but then it's to help us so that we can help others as well. This is the way God's uh, help works. We comfort others with the same comfort that we ourselves have been comforted with by God. So if God does something for you, guess what? It's not just for you, okay? And uh, he'll show you ways and set up opportunities so that you can also be a blessing to others because we are indeed blessed to what? To what? There you are. There you are. So we're looking at principles and practices that everyone can apply. They're available to all of us uh, that will help us in this way. Um, Foundational things such as principles and then practical things, practices that we can do. We're still working a little on the foundation. How many of you know the foundation is super, super important? You know, sometimes you hear of a new building going up and it seems like, you know, they're working in the ground forever. When are they going to finally build this thing? But it cannot be uh, correctly structurally built uh, if it doesn't have all the foundation, the infrastructure. And so we're still working a little bit on that. But these are the vital, vital things that I pray that all of us will get uh, and embrace. Now, happy is not happenstance. It doesn't just happen to the few and the lucky. Happy, and, and really dial in on this, is the result of intentional alignment with God and his ways. I want to say it again. Happy is the result of intentional. Come on, everybody say intentional. It's the result of intentional alignment with God and his ways, okay? So Proverbs 14, uh, 12, Proverbs 16, 25, both of those say the same thing, and it's this. There is a way that seems right to a person, but the end of that is death or comes to ruin. And so there, there's a way. You've got to choose your way, and, and we're going to do best to choose God's way 
of marriage, God's way of raising children, God's way of living our life, God's way of being a grandparent, God's way of, of, of whatever it will be, wherever your age, stage of life, we want to find God's way of doing that uh, rather than a way that just seems right. And that's what our culture is constantly lobbying our way are things that, well, that, that seems right, that sounds good because it's laced, it's got little bits and, and flavors of some truth there that kind of resonate with us, but we want God's way. Come on, everybody say God's way. It's God's way or any other way, and we, we do best to choose God's way. Amen. Now, let me go back to the very first week, and I told you what happy, happy families know. Happy families know to be Christ-centered and to have God first. So let's look at this. It's exactly what it says, centered around Christ. Now, I'm not talking about being religious I'm not talking about being rigid. I'm talking about the center of who you are, how you live, the way you do life and family, that Christ would be at the center of that, that we truly are putting God first in our life. Because I think we all have to admit that culture, media, the enemy of our souls and families, our own selfishness, our own laziness sometimes will try to push things out of center. How many of you would admit with me today there are a lot of things vying for your central attention? There are things trying to get in the center of your life and your heart. Come on, bob your head, do something. Or, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all of us. And it can be good things. It can even be noble things uh, and, and worth pursuit, but they can get out of order and become the main thing. And we need to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is Christ centered our life, our home, our family. And here's a big key to it all is application. Application is the key. Let me spend a moment on this. Application is the proof of learning. Application actually becomes what makes this happen. It becomes our foundation. Two weeks ago, I shared with you, Jesus taught uh, that you could build a house, so to speak. And remember, that's that's representative of a life, a family, a home. You could build that upon rock or you could build it on sand. And I don't care where you build, there are going to be storms that will come. As long as we're on earth, there'll be storms. Church, are you all with me today? All right. And so we, we know that that would be the case. And so it matters what we build on. It matters the foundation that we have. And Jesus said to have that foundation of rock, he said, here's what you do. You hear and you do. You hear and you do. What is that? That's application. He said, you're wise if you do that. You're foolish if you hear, but you don't apply. And so our foundation then of rock for our, our marriages, our families, our kids, our, our life, our homes is application that we're hearing and we're doing. It's application of what he would have. So again, it's an, an intentional alignment with God and his ways. Amen. Now, speaking of application, uh, let me share something with you. Uh, last week, uh, one of the mornings I was getting ready to, uh, I was praying, preparing, getting ready to go uh, speak at the church in, in Texas, and it just occurred to me, I mean, just came to me without effort or seeking anything. It just kind of landed in my thoughts and in my heart, and I really felt like this was from the Lord for us and for our culture here. Now, I believe a big part of culture is language. 
We have a lot of things that we say here so that you know what is important to us and how we go about it. And I could, you know, there are a whole, whole bunch of things I could spout off right now, but for the sake of time, I'll keep going. But here's one of them, and this is, this is where I felt like the Lord was adding on a little bit. So lift up. Come on, everybody say lift up. You know that every time we come together, we come together to lift up. So why do, why do we lift up? Well, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all people to myself. Uh, he, the Bible also tells us that we're to lift him up or we're to magnify the Lord. We're to exalt him and we're to exalt him over other things. How many of you know he's greater than the other things? And it does us good. It's kind of a reset for us. That's, that's why we lift up. This is not just a song service and I want to encourage you to get out of this position for worship. You know, there's, how many of you know there's better worship positions than this one? that would be God-honoring. And what you're doing, you're not only uh, lifting him up, but by lifting him up, you, you're going to elevate yourself. You're going to feel better yourself because there's so many things that are looming and seeming big and, and ominous to you. And what you do, you stand back and you declare the greatness of our God and how big that, that he is. Amen. And you serve, you serve notice on the rest of life that not only is God first in my life, he's huge. There's nothing he cannot do, help, fix. And when you lift him up in that place, and I'm telling you what, that, that will stir you. The other thing that lift up does for us, uh, our heart is compared in, in one of the parables as soil. And we find that a couple places in, in, um, in the scriptures. And that soil, come on, you know this to be true. Sometimes all the traffic in your life during the week can tamp down, stomp down that soil in your heart. And Jesus taught that he he said that when that happens, your heart can't receive the seed of God's word. And so the Old Testament name and word Judah actually uh, is used for praise. It also means to plow up. So when we praise God, we actually are, when we lift him up, we're actually plowing up the soil of our heart that got so compacted by pressure and problems and people. Come on, everybody say people, you know, all of that going on in the week. And this, this stirs that up and prepares your heart, prepares your heart. So you're ready for the next part of this, which is to listen up. And so that's what we're doing right now is we're listening to the Word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We get fed, we get watered, we get fueled, we get revived, we get helped, we get, we get hammered just a little bit, you know, by, by God's Word. God's Word does that to us. It is good for us, church. It is good for us to lift Him up and then to listen up. Amen? This is what the Lord put in my heart. And it's just the, the natural part, third part that would go with this, lift up, listen up, and here we go, live it out. Live it out. See, it would be wrong for us to just come in, lift up, listen up, and then go out unchanged. And so I'm going to start calling on us every time we lift up, we listen up, and now in just a little bit, we're going to walk out of here, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to go, we're going to go what? We're going to go live it out. What is that? That's application. And application, the book of James says that if you if you hear but you don't do, you deceive yourself. Do you know what happens when you deceive yourself? You're actually cooperating voluntarily with the enemy of your soul, the deceiver. So instead, we hear and we go and do. And the book of James says you are blessed 
in the doing. Can we get a good amen this morning on this? So what we want to be careful to do is to live it out. Application. Not compartmentalize the fact that my life is Christ-centered, God is first. But if you compartmentalize that, you know, then you're not going to have it impacting your life. It's not, it's not going to be uh, uh, having the impact and, and making the difference, having application in our life if we just compartmentalize it. So what we need to do is integrate it. We need to weave, and it needs to be woven into all the different parts of our life. That Christ is central, that God is first, no matter what I'm doing, what, whatever I, is on my plate, that that's what I need to be uh, focused on. Amen. Um, I don't like coffee. I love the smell of it. I make my wife coffee uh, just about every morning in the world, and I'll sniff it because it <laughs> smells so good. Uh, but I'm just not a coffee drinker, but I like hot tea. So just about every morning in the world, it's me, Jesus, and Earl Grey. And we like it that way, us three. And I sweeten it, and you'll say, what does this have to do with anything? You'll see in a minute. I sweeten it with something called agave. Some of y'all will know what agave is. And uh, it's natural, and it, it sweetens, but it doesn't flavor. Like honey will sweeten and flavor. This just kind of sweetens it. A couple of weeks ago, I'm making my tea, and I guess I just didn't do it quite right because I made the tea and let it, let it steep for a little bit, and I put agave in, and then I went to go do my, my morning time, and I'm sitting there, and I sip the tea, and it is not sweet at all. And then I realized agave is in there, but I can't tell it. It's in there, but I can't tell it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And when I put it in, it just kind of sunk to the bottom, and it was there. And I thought I could slosh it around a little bit. And I had nothing to stir. I could slosh around, but I thought, no, I make enough mess not trying. <laughs> so I took my pen, and I stirred it with my pen. <laughs> Good to go. There we are. But guess what? Our lives are like this sometimes. You know, we have the sweetness, so to speak, of Jesus, of him being in our life. But it's there. Nobody can tell it's there because we just kind of sunk it, let it sink to the bottom. And what we need to do is not compartmentalize. We need to stir it up. We need to have it a part of, of, of our life that it's, it's in the taste of every taste. Amen. So look with me in Psalm 144, verse 15. Happy. Come on, everybody say happy. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And this is what we're after. And again, this is the big, all-inclusive, happy uh, word that we're talking about here. And happy are the people whose God is the Lord. This Old Testament Hebrew word right here for Lord carries this idea with it. You ready? Owner, ruler, master, superior. That does not sound like a part-time gig. That does not sound like that's just a little bitty part. That is owner, that is ruler, master, superior. And here's the thing, the people who know that, the people who have him in their life, allowing him that role in their life, happy. The big word happy is a part of their life and a part of their, part of their family. And with the idea of lordship, Jesus said this, keeping, an eye, uh, keeping aware of application. Jesus said in, in Luke chapter 6, he said, why do you call me Lord? And you don't 
do. You don't apply what I tell you to. And so really it's intentional alignment. It's application of what we hear and what we do. It's living it out that is going to make the difference. Not just that you go to church, folks. Not just that you have a Bible in every room of your house with your name on it. And you got some really cool apps on your phone or your tablet. But it's like it is stirred throughout who you are. It's woven throughout who you are that he is the Lord of my life. That's going to impact every other area of your life as well. Amen? Amen. Listen to me. You, your heart, your family is not a timeshare. Okay? So it's not like, you know, a timeshare. Florida people, do you all know what a timeshare is? Okay. And so it's a, it's a property, it's a place, it's a condo, it's a, a, a whatever, and you have partial ownership of it, and there's certain times that it is all yours. And sometimes we live our life like a timeshare. Some people are kind of like this. Jesus, you have a half a day every Sunday, but <laughs> checkout time is 3 o'clock. So Jesus, we'll need you out of there by then because we have some other things coming in. And we cannot live our life that way. And you'd say, well, nobody would do that. Lots of people do that. I got to church. I did my stuff. No, it's not about that. It's about my life. It's not not just about a little bit here and there. It's about that he is Lord in our lives. Can I get an amen on that today? Now, happy is the result of vibrant faith. Vibrant faith is different than dormant faith. Dormant means it's there. It's kind of like the agave at the bottom of my teacup. It's there, but it's not awake. It's not active. It's not, it's not influencing, not impacting anything else. We must have a vibrant faith. Look with me in 1 John chapter 5. Is the church here today? Yeah. All right. 1 John chapter 5. This is the victory. Anybody like to win? Yes. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Come on, read it. Our faith. What helps you to get the victory? Faith. Now, here's the reality. You ready? You either overcome or you will be overcome. There will be impasses. There will be, there will be standoffs in situations in your life. Hear me on this. There will be something to come your way, and you can resist and try to overcome that. But I'm telling you, it's vibrant faith. Vibrant faith that will give you the victory, that will help you to overcome that situation, that season. And you will either overcome or you will be overcome. And dormant faith will not serve you. Well, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe in God. Yes, I go to church sometimes. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a living, vibrant faith, not just something that's present, but something that is active something that is alive in you, this makes the difference so that you and I, no matter what comes our way, we can overcome. And the Bible actually says that we are more than overcomers in this life through Jesus Christ. That's good news today. Amen? Go with me, if you will, and let's read in Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is called the Shema, Shema, S-H-E-M-A, which is this Hebrew word in the Old Testament here, and it means to hear, but it, uh, it has about it that this is so important that you need to always hear this. Now, the verses that we're going to read, verses 4 through 9, is referred to as the Shema, and it is, it is the most important text 
in the Old Testament. And it informs the most important command in the New Testament. So let's read this. Let's look at this. Let's hear this. And then I'll come back and we'll break this down just a little bit. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. It also means the Lord is the only one. He alone is is Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your... Sounds like you're all in. Go ahead. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach. Come on, everybody say teach. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So let's break this down just a little bit. Happy families know, and this would be my takeaway on all of this, happy families know to be loyal to God. Loyal to God. That's where you want to be. It's Christ-centered, God first. I am loyal to God. Come on, everybody say it. I am loyal to God. The book of James warned us, warned us that you don't have an affair with the world and cheat on God. You are loyal to God. Are you all hearing me? And you tell him every day and throughout the day as you need to, you are first in my life. You are first in my life. And thank God for his love because when we wobble a little bit, we can always come back. I'm thankful for that. Amen. Now, um, in essence, this is saying total devotion, that this is full-time, this is part of my life, that there's no higher law and no other God. You're going to get other information. You're going to get other things, again, vying for attention and allegiance in your life. But you need to just determine, I'm, I'm loyal to God. There's no higher law than his. There's no other God than he. And get this settled. Get it settled in your heart. Get this in your, in your house, in your family. Now look at verse 7, Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. And let's read this. You shall teach them diligently, and this all actually comes from one phrase, teach them diligently, to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So let me put it to you this way. Happy families know to teach and talk. Come on, say that with me. Teach and talk. Now, we're talking in your home. Now, again, this is going to apply no matter what your home situation is, okay? So you got couple kids, you got too many kids, your kids are grown, you never had kids, you're by yourself, whatever it would be, this is the prescription for your home to be happy. Teach and talk. Now, this teach was accompanied, and I told you in that phrase, with diligently. Teach them diligently. It actually has this idea to point repeatedly. To point repeatedly. Now, this is not nagging. This is consistency. And so when we're teaching, you know, when we're teaching our children, when we're teaching ourselves, repetition is a wonderful tool. And so it's to hear it again and hear it again. And that's what that whole Shema starts out with is to hear this and always hear this. Never stop being able to hear this. Even if it gets read to you a million times, I still hear it. I still hear this, that the Lord is one. And so teach that. Teach that diligently. The word picture in the, in the Hebrew would be uh, to wet or sharpen. 
So W-H-E-T, wet. How many of you know what a wet stone is? So you would sharpen a knife on. I bought Alicia a, a knife block and a set of knives a couple of Christmases ago. Saw it on some cooking show, and I thought, that'd be cool. So um, got that, but some of the knives right in the middle, there's, there's a special thing in there, kind of like a V, and the knife rides in there as you put it in and as you take it out. So every time it's going in, every time it's coming out, it's sharpening. And see, this needs to be happening in our lives, in our marriage, in our kids, that, that we're constantly sharpened by this. It's not a matter, a matter about, yeah, well, when I was in Sunday school years ago, I learned something. It's about that I keep hearing that. I keep hearing this. I, I keep this a part of, of my life, and it keeps me sharp in this, in this way. Uh, look in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. This is for all the dads. Kids in your house, pay attention to this. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them. <laughs> I got reared a lot as a kid. And this, this is my mom's favorite verse, I'm pretty sure. Rear them. I'll rear you. Actually, it means to raise them. Raise them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and the admonition of the Lord. So everything that you would teach and correct and guide has to be in the context of God's ways. And that's how our kids are, are going to get that. Now notice it says teach and talk. Teach and talk. And we're teaching and talking about God and his ways. When? It says when we sit down and when we walk around and when we lie down and when we rise up. It's the beginning of the day. It's the ending of the day. It's throughout the day that this needs to be going on in our life. Listen, you don't have to suddenly do this. Listen, listen, parents or whoever. You don't have to suddenly go home today and say, all right, family in the living room. Pastor said, I got to start teaching you. Because that's going to be weird and awkward. Okay. And nobody's going to like it. Nowhere does Scripture say that we have to have these times like that in our home, that we're pulling them all together. But it does say this. It's woven throughout your life. It's the agave that stirred all the way through it. There's a taste of it in everything about this. And so here's some natural opportunities it, it describes here. Look, look with me. Meal time. Meal time. Drive time. Bed time. Get ready time. All of these times, it's just kind of woven into there. It's not lecture. It's lifestyle. It's that we, we tell it, but we also live it. And without putting the burden of knowledge on your kids, if you have little kids, don't tell them, you know, uh, we owe a lot of money on this, and it's looking pretty rough, son. So you're not eating today, and you're not eating tomorrow. You know, we, don't do that to your kids. You know, but let them know, hey, we're praying about something, and, and we need Jesus to help us with this. And you need to also say, hey, the Lord blessed us with this. And point things out. You know, we talk about it all the time. How many of you know that we have some pretty awesome sunsets around here? The other day we were driving out to a softball game out in Denellen, and we were, we were headed out west. I'm telling you what, it was so absolutely beautiful. And it was not lost on us who made that. Matter of fact, folks, and I'm not bragging, but I know the guy who makes the sunsets. <laughs> you know? And, and just to be aware... Not let this be lost on us. Man, I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going in and out. And I got this situation, but I can go to God, and there's nothing impossible with God. And weave that in and let your kids know that and let your spouse know that and remind yourself of that, that you teach and you talk. Amen. 
Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 8. It says, you shall bind them as a sign in your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Now, a frontlet was something the Jews used to wear. It was a little leather box, and it was held on by kind of a head, head strap. Uh, and the box had rolled up in it the Shema. It had scripture within it. And then it would be right here. And so whatever you did, it was just kind of dangling right there in front of you all the time. What's the purpose of that? Because happy, happy families know that you need to have reminders. Reminders. Now, I'm glad these have kind of gone out of style because that would be kind of irritating for me. But there's other ways that you can remind yourself. You know, every day I wear a day-by-day bracelet. And once in a while I realize, oh, wow, I, I hadn't even thought about that. You know, I pop myself a good one. And just, just remember, Alicia gave out in Heart of a Woman the Take Courage Bands. There's a hundred different ways that you can do things in your life just to remind you, to remind you. Be careful of the music that you're listening to. You know, be, care, be careful of all, you know, if you spend all your time listening to whatever music and talk radio all the time, you're going to be an angry person. You're going to be set, upset all the time. If you're so overly focused on Washington and Hollywood, get up here right now. I need to pray for you. <laughs> Actually, I don't want to touch you, but, but anyway, I'm just I'm <laughs> joking. But reminders, happy families, happy people know to have reminders in their life. Look with me in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 9. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And let me just go ahead and say this. Happy families remind themselves and declare things by display and decor. We can remind ourselves. We can declare things by things that we have in our homes even. And they would write things on their doorpost and on their lintel and put things on their wall. And I'm not talking about being superstitious. I'm not talking about just collecting It's not that. It's a declaration. It it needs to be something that's there to remind you and there so you can hear it again and there so that you can make declaration over your life and there to help you so that Christ stays center in your heart, in your mind, and in your address. Amen. Amen. I I walked around my house yesterday and took a couple pictures, and they put them together in kind of collage here. But uh, go ahead and show the first one if you would. This is on a little fireplace thing in my study at home, cross. This cross is actually in our laundry room. Well, what's with the cross? You got werewolves in your neighborhood? What's your... <laughs> no, the, the cross, the cross is the centerpiece of the gospel. It's the centerpiece of the good news. It's the hinge pin on, on changing our eternity. This marks the defeat of the devil and the victory for God and and God's people. I love the cross. I cherish the cross. This is just a symbol. Any any version of the cross that we would see is highly sanitized. But it reminds us of what Jesus did, of what happened on the cross, just to have that coming and going. I tell you what is good to remind me, for me to hear again, for my heart to be stirred. This is on the wall in my, in my study, and it says the word of the Lord endures forever. Because you're going to hear a lot of other stuff throughout the day. But I'm telling you what, God's word is the last word. Amen. I've got this. Greta actually bought this for me a year or so ago, and you put the letters in there. And she put these in happy, stable, fruitful, blessed. I said, can't get better than that. So that's hanging in my study. Somebody made this for Alicia. God saw this day 
which is a real revelation for us, Psalm 139. What day? Whatever day. Whatever, whatever you're going through, I'm telling you what, God saw it before you did. God saw it before you ever felt it. God saw this day and he makes, he makes a way. This is actually, um, I got this at the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And the Jews would take this and, and put it in the right-hand side of their doorpost. Rolled up in there would be the Shema, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And they would touch it as they would leave. Not as good luck or team tradition or anything, but just to remind themselves, it's, it's God. I want God. I have one God. I'm loyal to God. He's loyal to me. And just to touch that and remember, and I just, I was so impressed with that whole idea that I got one of those. Let's look at a few more here. Go ahead, next slide. Church days, come on. This is on the way out of our house, right above the door. Church days affect the rest of our days. Blessings. Happy, somebody made this for us. Happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed to be a blessing to bring glory to God. Top of the stairs, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control. The top of 16 stairs. How do I know there's 16 stairs? Because I'm weird and I count them every time I go up and I count them every time I come down. Anybody else with me on this? And I don't know why I do it. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. And I, feel, and I feel weird if I'm on an even number on my left foot. God. Pray for me. This is on the wall. Jesus replied, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Family. And we have pictures of family all over the place. And thankful. Here's kind of a question for you. And you... You can kind of test this out when you go home today, okay? If somebody came to visit you and you showed them around, or God forbid somebody broke into your house, would they know what you're about? Would they know what you're about? And you can't fix it today. Hobby Lobby's closed. (laughs) So don't load up on the way home and say, honey, wait in the car. Well, they, yeah, they, they might know you're about NASCAR or the Gators or Beanie Babies. Or... I promise you, you come into my house, you're going to know we're about God, we're about family, and we have a really cool dog named Bruno. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in. Hey, listen, we have to just get this where we never stop hearing this, that every time anything these reminders, these declarations around our life, God's, God's word, God's presence, a sunset even. We're, we're hearing over and over, it's the Lord, the, the Lord. There's one God. The, he is the Lord and he's my Lord. And I'm loyal to him and he's loyal to me because he said, if you honor me, I will honor you. Second Chronicles 16.5 says, And the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. That's why you can be happy. Because then no matter what comes up in life, you know, hey, no higher law, no other God. Got God at the center, not at the bottom of the cup, but God woven, mixed all through your life. And watch what God will do with that. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's not about being religious Hear me on this. If you grow up that way, if you raise your kids that way, if you think that way that it's about rules and, and regulations and religion, 
then when something goes wrong, here's what you'll do. You'll look back at yourself and say, I must have broke one of the rules. I'm, I must not have checked off all the things I'm supposed to do and not do. And that's a horrible way to live. But when you make this not about rules and not about regulation, not about religion, but you make it about relationship with God, then when something comes up in your life, wait, 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 then when something comes up in your life, then you know, I can go to God. Even if you messed it up, you can go to God because his mercies are new every morning. And you might fall, but he picks you up with his righteous right hand. That's his arm of strength. Loving kindness, tender mercies. He's so long-suffering with us. And he's strong and he's able, and we can always come back to him. This is about relationship, which was the whole goal of Jesus coming. And it is the game changer for our lives. So make it. No, no higher law. No other God. God, it's you. Every part of my life. And you say, well, can we talk about other stuff? Can we do other things? Absolutely. Because Jesus just said this. Don't miss this. He didn't say, seek only the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, seek first. And if you seek him first, he'll help you to get the other things in order or even out of the way. But put him first in everything. Finances, time, relationships, everything. Put him first. He will help you with all of the rest. And I'll just close with this. Regarding being loyal to God. This is, this is what is the difference in being a happy family. Loyal to God. If you've never been, or if you used to be, here's what I'd say to the Lord on behalf of all of us. God, help us to get there. And God, help us to stay there. Amen? Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.